Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 115th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and not recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in Springfield, Missouri. We'll get to that in a second. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? Uh, I'm doing better. Um, We'll cut to the chase here. Obviously, like I said, we're not in the studio. We're all at our own homes, and we're recording on Zoom because three of us uh, two weekends ago decided to get together in person and hang out, and uh, we didn't know it at the time, but also there hanging out with us was COVID, (laughs) and it infected us all, and we all tested positive. We all got sick. Um, we're, We're on the mend. We're doing better. Um, it worked out kind of that Mizzou didn't uh, have a football game last week. So, um, that was part of the reason we didn't record last week, but also we were trying to figure out if, uh, we were all, uh, testing positive for COVID and what we're going to do for recording. So this week we're coming to you from zoom. Um, it's been an interesting week to 10 days for us, but like I said, smooth sailing, I think. Uh, from here on out, we'll all three gradually be ending isolation and quarantine over the next few days. So we'll be back to normal before we know it. Yeah, looking forward to uh, getting back to normal life. I've been in quarantine for a while now, and I've been without smell and taste for a while now, and I'm I'm ready to get back to it. So, but I think, like you said, we're we're on the uh, on the on the mend. So hopefully, life will be normal again soon. Yeah, uh, we can only hope. Um, uh, Sticking with a little bit more housekeeping here, obviously, like I said, Mizzou didn't play uh, football last weekend. We hope they will play this weekend against South Carolina. Fingers crossed. So we'll be previewing that game in this episode. Um, And then also, after we we record this episode, we're going to record a uh, basketball season preview. And that'll be coming out in a few days. So we're going to have three episodes here. The next three episodes are going to come out back to back to back pretty much uh, in about a week's time frame. So a lot of content to make up for not recording last week. Um, but this week, I think we need to jump into some news. And uh, we'll start with uh, some small news. Um, NCAA is looking at moving March Madness to all in one city. You know, normally it's spread out all across the country um, so that Duke can play basically a home game in North Carolina. But uh, NCAA is looking at doing it all in one city, and it'll most likely be Indianapolis, which makes sense. That's where the Final Four was going to be held, and they've definitely got gyms all across the city that could accommodate uh, an event like that. So that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we have an NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. Yeah, a non-bubble, but in the same – city right tournament so and that's that's a lot of teams to facilitate in one place but i'm sure that they can do it and uh, yeah they'll probably have to use multiple gyms and stuff like that but i'm, I'm sure they can figure it out if springfield missouri can ho- can host the uh national homeschool basketball tournament um i think the indianapolis can make the ncaa tournament work yeah i'm definitely ready to uh 
to have college basketball back. And I, I definitely, that's a, that's an event I don't want to go without for multiple years. It was already hard enough missing it once this past March. So hopefully right. they can, they can have a successful season and, and as a tournament as well. Um, more Mizzou specific news. Um, Dominic Jacinto has announced that he is entering the transfer portal. So um, he had been a little bit buried on the depth chart the last two seasons and uh, he informed Coach Drinkwitz of his decision. Um, just with how he was situated on the depth chart, it probably won't make too much of a difference. Although with um, COVID and injuries and things, you hate to see even the positions where you have some depth, you hate to see that dry up in any way. Yeah, we obviously um, hate to see a, a local kid um, decide it's best to move on, but sometimes it's just how it goes. I don't know exactly what the situation was, but, um, you know, hope, you know, he's probably going to be looking for more playing time somewhere else. And unfortunately, I probably what we'll remember him for one of the last things that happened was him dropping a touch, probably a clear touchdown. I remember him by, you know, he's a good player and, uh, you know, he's super fast and, um, yeah, I think he, he'll definitely find playing time somewhere. And, uh, so we wish him the best. But you're right, though, that in a time like this, uh, times are tough already with, with fielding a team and, and the numbers are, are thin. And uh, I think Mizzou's got – well, Coach Shrinkwood said that they've got 56 scholarship players, and that was before he was transferring. So I think we're at 55 scholarship players right now, and the limit is 53 to field a team. Yeah. So we're, it's getting really, really thin. Well, that's a perfect segue into what's going to be the meat of this news section, and that is um, – the depth chart and the uh, injuries and everything that Mizzou is trying to do to field that team for the South Carolina game. Yeah, it's, it's really sketchy right now. And I, I think both Mizzou and South Carolina are, are just kind of scraping the barrel to get anybody they can. I mean, walk-ons are, are probably going to have a chance to play in this game for both teams. We've got guys switching positions to, to help depth at other areas on the team. So it's, it's really something. And uh, you know, I think, that there was some test results today, uh, at least for Missouri, that they had no t no positive tests, um, and then they have another round of testing I think Thursday of this week. So we got to jump through some more hoops to even play this game on Saturday for both teams. But uh, hopefully we'll we'll have that to look forward to. Um, was there anything in particular with the depth chart that you wanted to note? Um, where was the what was the main position that you saw uh, where players were switching positions and stuff? Well, last week uh, Missouri was not able to field the team, and I think they were hit pretty hard on the defensive line. Uh, so Drake uh, Heismeyer is a freshman who is offensive line, but played both offensive and defensive line in high school. So he's switched over to defensive line to help depth there. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but he might have to. That's um, not good when you have a position that's so bad that you, that Missouri is moving offensive linemen to help out. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably going to play on the interior and just try and plug up some holes and in, in the running lanes and stuff. And, um, just, he might have to get, play both sides of the ball. Yeah, he might have to. Yeah. Uh, we did get Jatorian Hansford back. Um, and he's obviously, it's great to have him back. I actually think that, last we heard about him he was missing the season with a shoulder injury so he's able to uh, uh, cut down on that recovery time and he's gonna be available uh, for this game I think he played a little bit in Florida game 
Um, so that's obviously huge, a, a position that we're extremely thin at. Um, I think that was the only player I heard about on Missouri that is switching positions uh, as of now, at least. Uh, South Carolina has a few of those as well. They, and we'll get to this a little bit, but they're, they're missing some guys in the secondary. So they had a third string running back that's going to switch to safety. Um, maybe I did hear about Missouri also training some of the wide receivers on how to play in the secondary as well, just in case. I'm not sure that they'll have to use anybody. But right now it sounds like wide receivers are are doing pretty well with depth. That might be the only, one of the only right. positions that we have good depth at right now. Yeah, hopefully that holds up. Um, we can jump right into this matchup with South Carolina then, if you're ready for that. I'm ready. So uh, it's we've had this nice little uh, two-week intermission here from the first half of the season now going into the second half. So in case anybody forgot, Mizzou is two and three uh, with losses to Alabama and Tennessee. Um, and then they, yeah, and (laughs) I had it in chronological order. (laughs) Then they beat LSU and Kentucky. And then most recently, yes, lost to Florida. So, um, feels like ages ago. Exactly. (laughs) So I wanted to remind everybody where we stood. Um, South Carolina is two and five. So they've played two more games than Missouri. Uh, they have losses to Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M and Ole Miss, and they have wins over Vanderbilt and Auburn. Yeah, it's weird that we're we're technically in week like ten or eleven of the yeah. college football season, and Missouri's played five games. Yeah. So that's with buys and games getting pushed back. I mean, we're we're really truly running out of real estate with rescheduling room. So um, it might get interesting, not even necessarily with Mizzou, but with some other teams. Uh, having to push back, you know, LSU, Alabama game last weekend. And um, so there's just, there's, we're really running out of rooms uh, across the league with the SEC with how much issues there are with COVID right now. Yeah. Uh, So the big news for South Carolina is they decided to fire Will Muschamp. And uh, that means our guy, Mike Bobo, is the interim head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, if you Bobo. don't know, if you don't know about Mike Bobo, he was the he's the offensive coordinator now interim head coach, who came to South Carolina from Colorado State, uh, and he also brought with him quarterback Colin Hill, who uh, beat out Ryan Helinski for the starting quarterback job. So before we get into that, just we got to say congratulations, Mike Bobo, uh, on being named the interim head coach. I hope that he holds on to the job. Honestly, I yeah. can't. I don't want to be talking about South Carolina next year and not be able to say Mike Bobo. <laughs> I know he's a personal favorite of ours. Um, you I know that, if you showed me his picture, I wouldn't know who he was, but his name resonates. Yeah. Uh, Will Muschamp uh, just, you know, he's been kind of mediocre uh, everywhere he's been, at least recently as a head coach in the SEC. Um, he's kind of known as a defensive guy, but South Carolina's defense is, putrid at best and uh it just didn't really seem like it was a match that was working out and so I don't know what's going to happen to Will Muschamp but you know I'm sure he'll find a good defensive coordinator job somewhere and he'll probably be excellent and he probably shouldn't be a head coach again (laughs) but uh, we'll see obviously formerly a head coach at Florida um and an excellent defensive coordinator at Auburn before that so yeah some guys are just excellent coordinators and 
um, can't get it done as a head coach. He's excellent at getting very angry as well. That is true. Yep. <laughs> he, he's got a lot of heart and yeah. uh, wears it on his sleeve sometimes, yeah. most of the time. Um, yeah, so you mentioned uh, South Carolina being short some players. Uh, their top two cornerbacks, J.C. Horn and Israel. I'm not even going to try it. I was going to say you tried, but you didn't. I wouldn't uh, do that. They opted out of the rest of the season. Uh, J.C. Horn, son of former NFL wide receiver Joe Horn, and he's, I think, rated by Mel Kuyper as the number six defensive back prospect for the upcoming mm-hmm. NFL draft. So if you're uh, the, the Missouri offensive coaches and offensive players, that sounds really good, so considering South, Carolina, South Carolina's defense is not good, and now they're losing – two of their top cornerbacks as well as I think you mentioned a safety and a linebacker. I don't, yeah, I think, I think those, lineman, those guys were a little bit less heralded, but these two cornerbacks being gone is huge. Yeah. I've watched JC Horn a few times this year and he is a fantastic player. I think he's easily a top two or three cornerback in the country. Uh, probably the best in the sec. Um, so it, it's truly, he was like the only thing, that South Carolina defense had going for it and he's not going to be playing the rest of the season. So that's, that's huge for uh, Mizzou this weekend. And it's huge for South Carolina the rest of the year. Um, You know, sometimes when starters are out, it seems like it's going to be a really big deal. And then, Oh, like whenever you play a team like Florida, they've got five star guys all over the map and it didn't, they did not miss a beat at all uh, when Mizzou played against them a few weekends ago whenever they had starters out. So, you know, I don't know if that'll be the case for South Carolina or not. Um, Sometimes getting fresh legs in there, you know, even if it's the guys that aren't as experienced is not a big deal, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I can tell you South Carolina does not have um, anybody by the name of Trask to kind of buoy any uh, missing players. Um, (laughs) I mentioned earlier. Yeah. They have Colin Hill who, transferred from uh, Colorado State and he beat out Ryan Helensky for the starting job. Um, He's completing just under 60% of his passes for about 1300 yards. He has thrown six touchdowns as well as six interceptions. He has also been sacked 20 times. So not, not a player that um, I'm too terribly scared of. Honestly, what would terrify me is if they announced that Ryan Helensky is going to get, get the nod and uh, get a chance to lead the Gamecocks because we know how uh, that has worked out for Missouri in the past. Honestly, I was a little bit surprised to hear that Helensky lost the starting job this offseason and probably just because Mike Bobo was bringing his guy from Colorado State and um, whatever Mike Bobo wants, he gets. And uh, I honestly think Helensky is probably a better quarterback um, and so, yeah, I 100% agree that I hope we do not see him this weekend. I don't know why we would, why that would change, but um, I, I really don't want to see the backup quarterback in this situation. Yeah, uh, Mike Bobo being promoted to interim head coach probably means Colin Hill's starting job is a little bit safer than it ever Even has more been. secure, yeah. yeah. They, uh, the offense is not without weapons, though. Um, running back Kevin Harris, he is pretty talented. Um, he already has over 800 yards rushing on the season and 13 touchdowns. So 
when things haven't been working for the offense, they've basically just been pounding the rock with him. And then uh, wide receiver Shai Smith, he's an excellent wide receiver. Um, I just think there's only so much he can do in this offense, mm. but uh, he's definitely a playmaker. So if they, I don't know, if they were able to figure something out or if uh, Missouri's defense just decided not to show up, then they have the weapons to make them pay. And so, or if there's just issues on the defensive line where, um, you know, you just don't have that many bodies to go around, players are getting tired, um, you're missing some guys, then I could see Harris having quite a game and finding the end zone a couple times. So that's something to keep in mind for sure. Yeah, South Carolina has definitely played in a few shootouts uh, recently with a terrible defense and still a decent offense. And, you know, they played Ole Miss last week, and Ole Miss does not have a good defense. Uh, Kevin Harris uh, ran for 243 yards and five touchdowns last week. So, like you mentioned, I mean, they're going to probably want to run the ball in this game with with Missouri's defensive line uh, struggles and absences. So I absolutely could see Kevin Harris having another great day on Saturday. Uh, speaking of South Carolina's defense, though, they give up uh, 37 points per game and 464 yards per game. So, and now they're without some starters. So, um, what what do you expect to see from Missouri's offense in this one against uh, uh, not great defense? I mean, I sure hope to see us be able to do anything we want um, against this this defense. I mean, uh, I want to see them attack these new corners probably early through the air test them and see what they're made of and uh you know i think missouri wants to run the ball with larry roundtree just about any time it can but they may just find that it's best to attack through the air in this game with so much experience in this with so much inexperience in the secondary um but i mean the last three games south carolina has played uh th- these are the scores they lost 48 to 3 against AM, 59 to 42 against ole miss and then 52 to 24 versus uh, LSU. So their last three games, they've given up 40, at least 48 points in all three of those. Yeah, that's that's exciting to hear as a Mizzou fan. That uh, and it sounds like uh, Missouri's player availability issues are mostly on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, hopefully, we've got all of our offensive weapons ready to go to take advantage of a porous defense. Yeah, I mean, the over-under for this game literally could be like 70, <laughs> you know. I, I think there's just going to be a ton of scoring and uh, might be whoever has the ball last wins. But I, I just, we just don't really know who Missouri is going to be missing at this point. You know, we, we, have, we know about a, f- a few key injuries, a couple of suspensions that Missouri, you know, has to deal with at least in the first half of this game. Um, so we just don't really know who's going to be on the field on Saturday. But I would like to think that Missouri's defense will be good enough to just get us a win, but it's it's just really going to be interesting to see who trots out there for both teams, honestly. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. I mean, yeah, I don't see I don't see any way they hold Missouri under the average points per game they give up, which is 37. So I'm feeling like I'm ready to give my prediction. It's going to be Mizzou. 45, South Carolina, 27. Yeah, I, I mean, that sounds pretty close to what I was going to say. I mean, I, I think I'll say Mizzou wins it 
49 to 38. I think it's just going to be a lot of back and forth. And, you know, Mizzou's offense has kind of struggled um, the last couple of games, but they've, they, I mean, Florida's defense is good. Um, they've kind of just beaten up on the teams that don't have good, uh, don't have good defenses like LSU. And uh, so hopefully they can take advantage of just a terrible defense <laughs> with that's going to hopefully be even worse than it has been. All right. So we're both predicting wins there. Um, if Missouri's scoring anything like 45 or 49 points, that'll be fun to watch at least. Yeah, after not watching Mizzou for a while and, you know, the last game they played, they really struggled against Florida. It would be fun to see an offensive explosion. I think that would be a lot of fun. And, um, I mean, that's why, obviously, beating LSU is really fun in itself. But, man, that game was so exciting, just the back and yeah. forth. And um, Missouri's offense just not backing down against future NFL players is – is pretty exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, I won't, I won't lie to you. I, I don't, a defensive struggle while that can be fun. It just doesn't have the entertainment value of a, of a shootout. And it's, it doesn't really matter how you it's so easy to overlook if, a, if Missouri's defense is struggling uh, to stop somebody, if the offense just keeps putting up points and it doesn't even really matter. Um, Oh, one thing I wanted to mention regarding South Carolina and their uh, coaching situation is obviously there's been rumblings and rumors about one Hugh Freeze uh, potentially returning to the SEC. Um, he coaches at Liberty. They're undefeated in the top 25. Um, he famously uh, coached their his first game with Liberty from the press box on a hospital bed. <laughs> Um, he did do that. Yes. So, uh, Kyle, do you want to place any bets about the South Carolina coaching search? Yes or no, is Hugh Freeze going to be the next coach at South Carolina? Is he back, folks, in the SEC? That's a great question. Um, it really does. It makes sense. I mean, he's. it just kind of depends on what he's looking for. Um, but I guess I'll say yes. I, I think that wow. he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be coaching at Liberty another season. I think he's proven that he can bring a program from the ground up. I think – how many years has he been there now? Is this his second or third year? Um, clearly, uh, he has resurrected that program, a program that's uh, – I don't – I have no idea if they have any football history or not, but not somebody you typically hear about being a top 25 team. So uh, he's proven himself as a worthy – coach to get a shot in the SEC again at least football wise so I, I mean and I don't know if if the SEC will have any more um, you know top tier teams with openings you know this is probably going to be a mulligan year for most coaches um, there's probably not a, as many programs as normal like firing coaches this year so I would hope not I, yeah. I kind of feel bad for Muschamp honestly I kind of do too getting fired in in 2020 is rough yeah, so I, I think even Coach Drinkwitz was calling this a uh, like a no-excuse league or something. So, I mean, it's exactly right. So, yeah. um, South Carolina might be the best uh, the best program with an opening this year. And if you Freeze wants to make the jump, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that administration wants to um, retread that situation since he was unceri unceremoniously um, fired from Ole Miss back in the day. Yeah, but I'm team Mike Bobo. Oh, yeah, I want him to hold on. Uh, maybe he'll show, you know, he'll put up a good showing with the offense this week against a depleted um, Mizzou defense and 
then maybe... I don't like I don't like him that much. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you've got him scoring thirty-eight. That's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll win the rest of their games. I don't know who they play, but I'll be rooting for them. All right, I think all we have left for this episode is uh, we're gonna pick some games. Let's get uh, producer Cameron back in here. And uh, it feels like, I don't know, three years ago that we last picked some SEC games. So you'll have to remind us how many points has Kyle beat me by. Um, so the last time that you guys picked, um, Kyle gained one point on you. So the score is 34 to 32. Kyle has the lead. Wow. Okay. So we've got six games to pick this week. I would never have been able to tell you that because uh, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I was shocked that the number was that high. I can't believe we picked that many games. Yeah. Yeah, you guys scored six and seven points last week. So that's probably the most like in a week that you've scored because you both got two upsets right. Wow. Would you look at that? All right. Big I'm coming time. for you this week. Alrighty. Don't get too excited. Spreads are large. Um, I'm ready. Uh, first game is number six, Florida at Vanderbilt. Um, Florida is a 31 and a half point favorite. Florida by a million? Yeah, I'll take Florida in that one. Vanderbilt actually uh, was close against Kentucky last week. I think it was a three point game. They covered. Kyle Trask really going to win the Heisman. He really is. Uh, <laughs> he's like the other guy from BYU is really good, but those are probably the, the two front runners at this point. Kyle Trask and the other guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> it's BYU. Come on. <laughs> um, game number two is Kentucky at number one, Alabama. Alabama is a 30-point favorite. I guess I'll take Bama. Uh, I think I just might as well. Um, game number three is Mississippi State at number... 13, Georgia. Georgia is a 25-point favorite. Can we get a spread under 20 points, please? I'll take Georgia. <laughs> I'll take Georgia. Asking you shall receive game number four, Tennessee at number 25, Auburn. Auburn is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, man. What happened to Tennessee? <laughs> kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah, they did. I wish that we... Could have played them at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, give me Auburn in this one. I picked against Auburn a lot this year, and it's kind of come back to haunt me a few, couple of times. So I did early in the year. I did pick Mike Bobo and, and the Fighting Gamecocks to uh, to take on Auburn, and they did because Mike Bobo is the best. Um, <laughs> but no longer am I picking against Auburn because they have improved quite a bit. Where's this game being played? This is at Auburn. No, you want to. All right. Let's go, Vols. Oh, my gosh. I you look like a genius if you get that one right. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, game number five is LSU at Arkansas. LSU is a two-point favorite. Ooh. Very interesting. That is tough. Um, I wonder, does LSU have their starting quarterback back? Who knows? Give me Arkansas. Oh, man. Um, okay, I'll take LSU. Ooh. 
And then the Nebraska game. Oh, by the way, Barry Odom is the head coach for that game, so maybe I'm maybe I'm making a terrible mistake. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Sam Pittman still quarantining? I think so, yeah. All right, last game is Illinois at Nebraska. Nebraska is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, it's served me well to pick against Nebraska so far this year. I think I'm 2-0 and on that. But I got to pick him this week. I was about to say, I'll, I'll pick, pick Illinois yeah, with I'd... you. <laughs> if you pick uh, Illinois, I'll pick Illinois. All right, you pick him first. <laughs> You're going to trick me. No, I won't. It's a trap. <laughs> I'll pick Illinois. You found right, Joe I'll pick, Alcho. I'll pick I'll, okay. I'll pick Illinois. All right, let's go. Yeah, we, we don't pick Illinois. Yeah, we yes. don't pick Nebraska around here. Come on. Jeez. Missouri, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we're gonna be friends with Illinois this week. They're awful. I want to play Illinois. Yeah, me too. They squeaked one out against Rutgers last week. Yeah, Rutgers. There. They're They're power five. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Oh, we breezed through that Zoom uh, episode. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait hopefully. to stick around and talk some basketball with you. Sounds fun. Got anything else we need to let the folks know? Um, I did have a couple of injury notes I didn't quite get to from the – Mizzou game this weekend. I'll just quickly throw those in there really quick. Um, quick. We got Jatorian Hansford back. We are probably without Larry Borum, uh, Xavier Delgado, Kobe Whiteside, and Daniel Parker Jr. Probably all of those guys are going to be out. Uh, Dylan Spencer, Markel Utzi, and Chad Bailey are all supposed to be missing the first half of this game, but I think only one of them is healthy, and we don't know which one. But I think that pretty much covers it on injury notes. So it's again, like we said earlier, it's going to be interesting to see who they shot out there. Uh, thanks for thanks for leaving us with that good news. It makes me feel really good about this matchup now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me think about the outro that I haven't done in a while. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. That's the other one. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can you. find t shirts. <laughs> Man, this is rough. You can find t shirts and stickers on our little online shop, Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. Thanks for bearing with us while we uh, are quarantined, but uh, rest assured, we, we plan to be back in the studio uh, next week. You'll have one more uh, Zoom episode from us as we um, preview the basketball season and then uh, we'll be back on schedule from there. So thanks everyone for listening. We will see you in a couple days. Bye.